Career Competitor is presented by Tall Slim Tees, and I am so happy to be associated with this great company. Why? Because they have solved what seemed like an endless pursuit of a shirt that fits me. Just the other day, I was wearing a nice charcoal gray v-neck when heading out for dinner with my wife, and she tells me, Steve, that shirt fits you perfectly. So not only am I happy to be wearing a perfectly fitted shirt, but my wife is finally happy with what I'm wearing. Talk about a win-win. When you head to the website at tallslimtees.com, they will make sure you order the correct fit by telling you the size you need based on your height and weight. Then you can start browsing their wide variety of styles and even greater variety of color. But just to give you one final incentive to check them out, once you've selected a few styles, my listeners will receive 10% off your order with promo code career 10 at checkout that's the word career and the number 10 amazing value and a perfect fit i love my tall slim tees and i know you will too so head to tallslimtees.com today now time for the show it's life things are going to happen but what are you going to do to rebound from that what did you learn from that that's going to make you change that's a win if we can educate you and equip you and empower you and you don't make that same mistake that's a win for me Welcome in again to Career Competitor with me, Steve Meller, and as a member of the CG Sports Network, we are the show that seeks to light the competitive fire within you in order to succeed within your career. We have some incredible insight coming for you today from our guest, but before I introduce him, I encourage you all to head to careercompetitor.com where you will find all of the shows and my personal social media links so you can be following us across all platforms. The website is also the easiest way to connect and reach out to me regarding what you think of the show, and maybe you could suggest an idea or a guest for the show as well. Hey, maybe it is you. We also are trying to build a larger following via our social media outlets currently, so if you are listening to the show, please take a snapshot on your phone of the episode, post it on your Instagram story, and be sure to tag us career underscore competitor i would love to know you are listening and will also make sure i am giving you a shout out on a future episode as well the show is growing and we want to bring as many people along for the ride as possible and our guest today is no stranger to getting as many people as possible to follow his lead i am delighted to welcome on the manager for player engagement and player programs with the nfl darrell young whose story is one of inspiration as he went from some of the highest of highs to the lowest of lows as a professional football player within the NFL before taking ownership of his future, a strategy that got him to where he is today. As we listen to the interview, I encourage you to focus on the amount of control and accountability Darrell took in his journey. Very little of what you will hear in this interview involves getting lucky or hoping for the best. Darrell exudes accountability for his actions and I'm sure you will appreciate the lessons through this approach he is able to provide today. Three specific takeaways will be highlighted in my career competitor keys to success at the end of the show but for now let's get to my interview with Darrell Young and I hope you all enjoy. All right, well, I am extremely excited to have the opportunity to bring on Darrell Young to the Career Competitor Podcast. Darrell, how's it going today? 
All is well. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, it's like I said, it's my absolute pleasure, man. And uh, you know, we've had the fortune of of speaking a little bit before this, and I, I think some of the stuff that you're doing at the moment within your role with the NFL is is really exciting. But instead of me trying to explain it on your behalf, why don't you tell everybody what it is you're doing today? Uh, so I am currently the manager of player engagement and relations at the NFL office. I assist current players and legends, which we refer to as former players, uh, transitioning into the NFL and out of the NFL, you know, just to ensure that they uh, have the necessary necessary resources to be successful. Yeah, and, and, and that's that's what we're all about on this podcast, which is why when we got connected and you started telling me what you did. I was like, you got to get on my show as quickly as possible. <laughs> you know, so for me, it's, this is just going to really be an opportunity just to get some insight into a league, into a sport that honestly, I've been so curious to just learn more and more about during my time uh, with this podcast now. So before we get too much into what it is you're doing today, Darrell, let's go back to you, the player. Uh, talk us through your, your football career, where you got started, where you went on and played college, pro, etc. Yeah, so born and raised in Amityville, New York, played running back and linebacker in high school, uh, transitioned to Villanova from 2005 to 2009. I'm dating myself there. <laughs> <laughs> I played uh, linebacker, middle linebacker for three years and then was transitioned to strong safety my senior year, which was uh, very different. You know, I was able, I was one of those guys that uh, had the ability to uh, run a nice, nice little 40. So yeah. I wouldn't say I'm the slowest guy, but safety wasn't for me. But I uh, mm. played a box mostly. And from there, I uh, went to the Redskins as an undrafted free agent. I was a linebacker, got released, worked at finish line, came back, was a starting fullback <laughs> for the next six years, and then had a short stint in Chicago and then Carolina and finished up in 17. Wow. Wow. I mean, that <laughs> I can't help but hear that and just go talk about hitting a high point, immediately getting humbled, and then boom, you're right back in the spotlight in the in the opportunity within the NFL. So let's just sort of go through that one step at a time here in terms of, you know, you had a few movements within your positions. And I think in, in the sport of football, out of all the sports that I, I've had the fortune to discuss, I feel like being coached is something in the sport of football that you have to be very good at. You have to be willing just to almost keep your mouth shut and, and, and listen to the instructions especially when there's such a variety of positions. And for you, like we just acknowledged, you had so many different positions. How did you take being in positions like, say, a running back where you have this opportunity to really influence the game from an offensive standpoint and then being asked to play in all these other positions, let's say, I wouldn't call them less glamorous, but they're not as in the spotlight, if you know what I'm saying. So just talk me through that sort of thing. Yeah, so I think the one of the, one of the cool things about going through that journey, I feel like all the guys that I played with I hope say the same thing and that I, I showed sportsmanship, whatever was best for the team. Mm. I, I demonstrated, you know, Hey, I'm going to be a team player, whatever, whatever that takes, whatever it looks like. If you need me to stand on the front wall, of kickoff return, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let a guy run a 40 yard dash at me and I'm going to stand there and let him hit me. But mm. if that's going to, you know, be the best for the team for that situation, I'm going to do it. So it was, uh, you know, being a running back on uh, in high school and having some success, I, uh, you know, my going to college, it, it was very different uh, being on the defensive side of the ball full time. I was used to getting the ball. I was used to, you know, I don't want to say being in the newspapers, but, you know, going to school, like, man, you scored three touchdowns. So when <laughs> it stopped, I was like, this is a little different for me. But 
But like I said, it always came back to what did the team need? And I, you know, I, I contributed. I was okay at linebacker. I wasn't, I just didn't have that instinctive nature. I seen it, I would wait, then I would go get it. So I knew that was a problem that I had to address or I had to get out of that position. And, uh, you know, going to the offensive side of the ball to play fullback, like I said, again, I was always a guy who served and wanted to give back to guys and always worried about the guy next to me. So when I started blocking for Clinton Portis and Willie Park and Larry Johnson my first year, and then Roy Hulu being drafted, then Alfred Morris running for 3,000, uh, three 1,000-yard season straight, mm-hmm. it wasn't about me. It was about just putting those guys in the best situation, and it was humbling. But uh, I had the experience. My goal was to get there, and how I got power and maneuver from there was, you know, I would like let it take its own course. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love it. And, you know, for me, coming from coming from the UK originally, I've been in the US now for over 15 years. Football is a sport that I have completely picked up. And I was, to say I was uneducated <laughs> on it when I first arrived is an understatement. And now, and I, I say this with uh, a little bit of embarrassment in that fantasy football has probably taught me just as much as the real game. <laughs> but in terms of in terms of just learning the sport, I have just really been in awe of the way guys seem to have this ability to say, hey, coach, if it's for the team, if it's so that we can be in a better position to win, I'm all for it. And I, I find that to be such a refreshing thing to hear because so many sports is just such the opposite. They want to be in the limelight. They want that opportunity to have that individual success. So with that being said, with with you having that role in those situations, how did your teammates respond to you with that mindset? Yeah, so I think, you know, it's one of the transferable skills that I've learned and probably why I'm able to be in this position today in terms of giving back to guys think about uh like i said player engagement it's not about me it's about equipping the players and empowering them to feel like they have the necessary resources but also they can speak to someone about what they're going through so i, w- I felt like i was that guy in the locker room if you want to talk about your family i may have went through it i might not have i can also relate because i probably have you know been around someone who's went through it but it was just always just relating to guys you know and uh it, it, it was just one of, the, one of the things, like I said, I can look back and I can smile because I reach out to some of the guys now being in the league office perspective. And it's like Alfred Morris always jokes with me and says, I don't have to know everyone. I just have to know the man that knows everyone. So <laughs> that's a compliment to me. Like, Absolutely. hey, if you can call me and I can do it for you, I'll take it. You know, Absolutely. so that, that's that's what I wanted to leave. And I, I, we can be known as athletes, but I want to be known as a student athlete regardless of professional or whatever, just because when you tie student into it, it, it just means so many different things. And you have a newfound respect for what athletes go through, but dedication, hard work, teamwork, uh, resiliency, how to handle adversity. These are all things that are transferable skills. And I learned it, you know, through the game of football and through sports. Yeah. And, and what better way to have someone in a role like this within the NFL that just completely exuberates all of these things. And, and that is noticeable right away with you Darrell and in in terms of that coachable characteristic that you have within you and that ability to to be there and listen to others when was it you actually realized so I think you said it was 2017 that you decided that you were done with the game when was it you realized was it while you were still playing or was it in those few weeks and months after you were done that you were like hey I I have all these completely transferable skills and not only should I be using them, but I should be using them within this domain that has given me so much within the sport anyway. Yeah, so that's that's a really good question because you can uh, you can prepare, but you're never ready. Mm. And when I say that is you have all the resources, you have everything lined up, but when it actually comes to it and actually putting pen to paper or reaching out in the, via email, it's not really like you thought it would be. It's like mm-hmm. a play. You 
draw it up a certain way, but it never ends up really being that way. And if it does, which is that one time per season, then you're successful. But uh, it, it was one of the toughest things I went through because, you know, 15, my contract was up at the end of the 15th season. Yeah. Um, March 4th, 2016, I walked in Jay Gruden's office and said, hey, what are you going to do? My agent hasn't heard anything. The combine has happened. Yeah. Everyone in sports knows the combine is when you are either going to get your new contract, conversations are had because all GMs and coaches are in one place along with agents. So nothing came out of that. So I knew my time was there. I knew when Jay Gruden took over as a head coach, the fullback that he had for four years in Cincinnati, his last name was Presley, had 91 snaps in four years. I had 91 through the course of 10 games <laughs> with the shoot hands. So I knew my time was going to be up shortly, but I just had signed a new deal before he got uh, became the head coach. So I knew I was safe from a salary cap perspective. Sure, sure. In terms of what they would have owed me. So um, at the end of that season, uh, I, I, they said they weren't going to bring me back. I uh, ended up interning at Comcast doing TV. Thought I would want to do that. Wasn't for me. Uh, it, it was just very different. I'm, I feel like I'm an authentic guy. I'm never going to bash a guy, but I also know it brings ratings. So that's not for me. Sure. Uh, ended up signing to Chicago. They ended up releasing me. I came home. My daughter was one at that point, and I said, you know what? I'm going to have to make a decision. So I worked out in Carolina. I crushed the work, and I think I ended up running like a full five two. Wow. You know, here I am at 29 years old running a full five. <laughs> And they said, why are you not playing? I said, I should be asking you guys that. So <laughs> they ended up signing me two months later. And I told, I came home, I told my family, I said, hey, this is going to be my last run at it. If they, if they keep, we'll keep going. If they cut me, I'm done. Mm. They ended up cutting me. They told me they were going to keep me an hour before they cut me. Wow. They cut me. I uh, dr driving back on I-95 uh, in traffic. I called my uh, director of play engagement, and it's, it's, which is the role I'm in now at the league office. And I called a guy that I played with who was up in the office. And I said, hey, I'm just looking for an opportunity. What, what do you have for me? And he said, hey, we have this internship. Fast forward, here I am in this position now. But uh, I got a call from San Francisco uh, two weeks later. And they said, hey, Kyle Ushek is hurt. We want to bring you in. We're probably not going to be three or four games. It might be two or three, but we play Redskins this week. And I said, who? I'm definitely there. <laughs> I'm on the way to the airport. John Lynch calls back and says, "You know, sorry to sorry to get you excited. We're going to cancel the flight. Uh -huh. We had a player hurt in practice, but be ready for next week in case we need you." Uh -huh. I said, "With all respect, I'm done. Yeah. I appreciate." It. The next morning, the league office called me, and here I am, wow. three years late. So, wow, it was uh, a little bit of a long win, but you know, it was uh, it was one of the most stressful points in my life because you really don't know what's next, and no one ever tells you that you're done. So it's a waiting game, but I couldn't wait because I have a family to feed. You know, not that I was struggling financially, but mentally, the the, the values that my parents instilled in me is you don't wait, you go get. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And hey, if I'd had an opportunity to go back and play, I would have did it. But I had to take advantage of, you know, the opportunity that I had. And an internship arose and I actually got offered two times after then. And I said, I'm done with the experience. The career time is now. Yeah. So Wow. I mean, First, first and foremost, good for you, man. I mean, I, I just it's such a awesome story to hear that at the heart of all that, you understood that no one's going to ever tell me that I'm done. And if, if that's the case, then I need to make sure that I'm in control of my journey, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and, and with that being said, before it was officially done within the NFL, before the, the phone calls actually stopped coming, you were already taking it on your own to say, hey, I'm gonna start connecting with the people that are in a position, in a career that I know will be right for me. That's a path that I wanna go down. And I think 
this is something that we occasionally get to on this show, but I wish we discussed it more simply because it's so important. If if there are people in areas that you can connect with and that's an area that you want to be involved with, well pick up the phone, write the email, like make sure you are making that connection because there's a very good chance that someone one day can end up exactly right where you are in a position that is right for them because they saw that career journey and said, hey, one day I want to be where you are. How do I get there? And you were able to do that. And that is just such a a fantastic journey to hear that it started out as an internship and here you are now in that role. And let's get get into the details of this role now because for me – the title itself of, of play, manager of player engagement and player programs for the NFL, it sounds like a lot of work. First and foremost, there are, I'll tell you that. Like that's that's a lot of stuff that can potentially come your way. And in terms of, this is the area I want to start with first, in terms of how available you are, because clearly you make yourself available, how much do the players within the NFL take advantage of that availability that you're offering to them? Yeah, so I think to transition from that question, I think this all plays a key role in terms of what we do today. It's not about uh, what you know or who you know. It's about who knows you. Mm. So transition into that piece. Mm. Players don't didn't utilize the resources when I was playing and even more so now because they don't know about them. So our job is to how do we connect with players to meet them where they are? Is that via phone? Is that via email? Is that via social? So being able to adapt a few years ago, uh, when I came in the league up until 2016, rookies, only the drafted rookies were getting information around life, mm. you know, what you get as a freshman in college. But rookies, right. only the 255 guys who were drafted were getting that. So guys like myself who were free agents never got information mm. until in season if you made the team. So here I was at five, going through five months and no training. 2016, Troy Vincent changed it to the, we went to a decentralized model where all rookies, we have guys in my position at each team and they go through programs. So it touches all and uh, impacts all. So instead of 255, now we're influencing 900. And you're seeing more free agents make teams today, maybe because the salary cap, maybe because they're better. I, I don't know. But there's some free agents making teams now more so than ever. And I think about, um, you know, like I said, the one thing that, the value that myself and a few other people in our group brings is I never seen the NFL come out unless it was a fine letter when I was playing. So that was, that was my communication with the league office. You're going to find me. Right. But understanding now the other side, you have to be you know proactive in the approach. If you want to get into real estate, let's do it. If you want to get into, um, you know, medical sales, let's do it. So figuring out what that is now through pre-assessments, uh, surveys, working with the guys at the clubs, we're able to reach so many more, but it was just about how to engage with, you know, as with the millennials, as we'll say, mm-hmm. they're, they're learning differently. Yeah. It's not that they're aware, it's just the information is there. It's just how do you utilize it? So, you know, peer-to-peer engagement is the big thing. And I'm not going to say because I played, but more so I'm going to, I'm, I'm more apt to listen to a player who uh, has went through it mm-hmm. in some ways. And it could be guys in the locker room. I don't always have the answer. And, 90% of the time I don't have the answer but I know I know who does and that's my job so yeah. that's that's a that's a really interesting point there in terms of you know I as much as you being a former NFL player is obviously helpful within the role I think that allows you to be someone that they can relate with uh, but at the same time it is the role and with the way in which you are performing the role that makes you so right for it and I think that is something that as someone who sees so many former athletes go into the world of sport that they themselves played in 
I think it's really easy just to assume that, oh, they played the game, so they get to now be involved in the game. And I think that's naive to, to, to see it that way, is you, you, have, you, have to, you have to understand that they still have the credentials. And to just assume that they don't is, is so disrespectful. Uh, you know, and, and listening to you talk for, for 15 minutes, anyone listening to this is like, well, this is why this guy is in this role. It, you, you, yes, he was a player, but come on, like, listen, listen to him. Like, he's obviously in the role because of what he does and what he's capable of doing. And hearing the way you also say it's who knows you, I think that's a great way of putting it because that is the sentiment that gets thrown out to everybody is, you know, it's all about who you know. It's all about who you know. But, you know, when you get to a position like you're in, it really is about who knows you and being available and these guys knowing that they can come to you and I have to talk about this a little bit, just in terms of where we are right now in this current climate. How much, how much resistance have you received, maybe in the last year or two, whilst in this role, in relation to exactly what I was saying? You know, being being labelled as this individual that's in the role just because you played the game, as opposed to what you're actually doing within the role. Yeah, so that's one of the the main factors. I'm back in school getting my master's now because I see myself in a leader leadership position. Some may not, but I do. So my goal, you know, I, I live by this quote and I tell a lot of guys, you know, I can't complain about having a lot on my plate when my goal is to eat. So if I need to go back to school, then I'm going to go back to school and that's what I'm going to do. So I'm currently studying for uh, my master's. I was just reading some notes before we got on, but um you know, it's it, it sucks that you you know you're stereotyped and marginalized in a lot of ways uh, as being an athlete. People don't understand the vigorous training schedules that you go through. Um, you know, the the commitment that you make on a daily basis to one be away from your family, two, uh, which we've seen during COVID because guys had to be away completely during training camp and even the season now. But there's so many different things that guys go through, and I I use this analogy all the time. Everything that we're doing on the field transition to the corporate space. Mm. So when I'm going as a fullback to block that linebacker, that's my strategy. <laughs> What's the play? My strategy is on the board. Now my tactic, how am I gonna how am I gonna block this guy? Is my head, head position on the right side, the left side? Where's the running back going? How am I gonna give him a read? And then my measure of success, did the running back get plus four yards? Was that play designed for a touchdown or for four yards? That's my success. So transitioning that to the real world. That's your strategy. That's your goals. That's your KPIs. That's your tactics. That's everything. But we're just not putting it on paper. We have coaches who are doing it for us. Mm. So now when the coach gets up in front of the room and talks about his goals, well, your goal is my goal. So how can we do that? And you look at the professional world, we have a commissioner. His his goals are cascaded down mm -hmm. to his EPs and the SVPs and us. So it's the same thing. But you don't understand that until you hear it that way. And people say you don't have the skills. You do. It's just not on paper. But I'm qualified just as well as you are. I may not have that office, you know, etiquette in terms of sitting in front of a computer and learning Outlook, but sure. I can do the same thing that you do. Just give me a chance. Yeah. I've able, I've been able to adapt to a playbook each week because a play worked last week with a team. We're going to do it this week, regardless. So I have to learn, you know, those different calls and other things that we're going to put in. So yeah. all, all skills that are learned that just need to be need to be uh, need to be said. Absolutely, <laughs> and I, what I hear is. You know, a lot of the time, I think people that go down strictly the educational route is there's that assumption that, you know, there's there's a there's a, a plan to this, there's a process to this. That if you follow the process, then the result's going to be the result. And I think what you're saying here is that when, you, when you're an athlete, you understand that sometimes you can follow the process like diligently, correctly, 
and the result is completely not what you expected. And then you have to actually react in that moment again and find another process and find another strategy to what it is you're doing. And I think that is one of the most transferable skills as an athlete uh, above any other one out there is that ability to see a situation react to the situation but understand that hey this may not have been the situation i plan to be in but i'm in it let's do something about it and i i think that is just extremely cool and 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 from from regards now just to the players themselves you know here we are talking with experience on our side a little bit of maturity on our side a lot of these guys come into the league 21 22 23 years old they don't want to be told hey Let's start thinking about life after the game. They just want to be like, hey, when's my next rep? When's my next practice? So how are you finding the, I guess, how, how are you finding you're being received by these younger players, as you said it before, these millennials that maybe believe they've got everything figured out, but they need that little dose of reality? So you, I think it's, you know, there's a few approaches you can take. And the one that I've taken with the guys who are first round, hmm. they don't need to hear. I, I've never made $40 million. I get it. I can't really that I've been around it, I can tell you from experience. But at the same time, the way to develop them is they're going to have a team around them for the rest of their lives because of being a first-round pick. Mm. So now we need to teach you how to manage. Mm. And that's the goal of what, we're, what we will start to do with these first-round picks. It's something that I've been thinking about. And like you said, the, the budget conversation is going to be different when you're speaking finances. Mm-hmm. I don't really need to know about a $750 check when uh, I'm getting 750000 every two weeks. So. Right. It's a little different, you know, but um, and I think for the younger guys, I think it's, it's well received in a lot of ways. You just have to meet them where they are. So the first thing is, you know, everyone communicates, but few connect. So love that book because it taught me to really put myself in someone else's shoes and to talk to, to ask questions. OK, instead of asking a soft ass, let's give you a hard ass, but also what you want to do. I may not ask you what your goal is, but hey, what is what are you interested in? What are your hobbies outside of football? Um, you know, what is it about Call of Duty? There's a business in that as well, too. They have a whole company, organization. Yeah. Let's do a job shadow. If you love it so much, let's figure out behind the scenes. So you may love it more and might want to work for them. Yeah. But what are we doing to equip you? So it's really about just meeting them where they are. Some guys are some guys are ready. Some guys aren't. But you don't really talk about leaving the game. But the reality is you throw the stat out there, but then you come back and say, but you can be successful. Sure. You're not alone. Sure. You're not alone. Yeah, that's great. And and. You know, to kind of piggyback off that a little bit here, you know, on this show, we're all about fueling people to strive to be more competitive within their careers. And for you, as clearly as someone who is a natural competitor, uh, you know, f- for you personally, how do you categorize a win within your role now? You know, it was very, very black and white when you were a player. A win's a win, loss is a loss. How do you categorize what you consider to be a win today? Yep. So when a when a guy calls me and says, "Hey, I uh, I need some information about, you know, going back to school," that's a win for me mm-hmm. because you called me and used me as a utilize me as a resource. That's a win, um, a long term win. A guy's in his rookie year. We're in constant communication. He trusts me and he allows me to develop a relationship. One, but two, to guide him and direct him in a way that he wants to go and not so not so much lecture him. That's another point for me. And the third part is to make sure that players just stay out of trouble. So if we know we have a guy dealing with some things and it's life, things are going to happen. But what are you going to do to rebound from that? Yeah. What what skills or what what did you learn from that that's going to make you change? That's a win. If we can educate you and equip you and empower you and you don't make that same mistake, 
that's a win for me. Absolutely, so. <laughs> absolutely. And, and, and you use the term "we" there. You know, what, what sort of a team are you working within now? Yep. So I work for all thirty-two now. That's the best part. <laughs> but um, you know, we have a we have a we have a stud crew up at the league office, and uh, you know, we had a leader who we have some leaders who are fearless. And the good thing about you know Troy Vincent, he's an EVP, but he's played the game. He was a first-round pick. He served as a NFL PA rep, which represents you know on the union side the players on the. Field. Um, he was the president of that, came into the office. So he's seen both sides, but he also gets it and says, hey, you know what? Let's not do too much to reinvent the wheel. We have it here, but let's just make it a robust program or a robust whatever system, whatever we're trying to do. You know, let's tighten it up a little bit and let's tell the story. And I think that's the struggle because people see the net, the, the, the one or two articles that come out and it's everyone's the same. And that's not reality, but right. I get it because you're a sports, you're sports supposed to be a role model, be a hero in so many ways. Um, so it's, it's just a lot of things that go on with it. But having a fearless leader at the top like that, that gets it and uh, is willing to give back to the players and make players as partners and not a product or a business on the field, you can respect that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Finding a way to make players partners in this process is, is huge, uh, especially if you want that ultimate buy-in from them, yep. uh, for them to feel like they can invest in you guys they have to feel invested in themselves. And uh, that's that's incredibly cool. And you, you've touched on a number of things here now in terms of just plans that are in place and, and you know, just the, the process that you guys are taking as an organization. What does the future look like in, a, in an ideal world for you? Like how, how big is this uh, machine that you're sort of slowly creating there within the NFL? How, how big is this thing going to get? Um, honestly, I think sky's the limit. I don't want to put a cap on it. I've never sure. done that. So... <laughs> There's a, like I said, when I think about leadership positions, my leadership is influencing. Mm. So how have I got influence? If I'm going to be a manager, then I'm going to be the best manager there is. You know, I don't necessarily need to be in the room with the key stakeholders. I would like to. That's a goal. But right now, my job is to serve the players and meet them where they are. And I'm going to be the best at doing that today. And then tomorrow, they promote me to director. I love that. They promote me to VP. I love that. But uh, my goal is just to win today. You know, and you asked about success. Success today would be to reach out to five players and just ask them how they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's my for the day. And if I get responses, it'll be great, which we probably will because I have some relationships with those guys. But <laughs> it's just a check-in. I don't want anything. I don't need anything. I tell guys uh, I, I can stand on the sideline with you. That's the beauty of being in the NFL office. I don't need tickets. But, right. um, you know, it's really about, like I said, just uh, – just being in a position to serve and however that looks, you know, I'll let, I'll let, uh, and I'm not going to be the most religious person, but I'll let God work that out. You know, there's assignment for me. We don't know what it is, but if it's at the collegiate level, it's at the pro level, it's at high school, I'm willing to, willing to take any task and master it. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, just so excited to see the direction your, your career is about to go Darrell, because to me, it sounds like you're, 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 you've shaped yourself in a way that can only allow for success, uh, whichever direction you go in. And, and one one or two things I'm taking away from this, well, really just the main thing I'm taking away from this is is a willingness to influence and a willingness to connect. I think those those two things are, are, are just huge and so apparent, so applicable in any role, in any area of life. And I think that is one thing I also love to do on this show is you know, we've been talking specifically about your role, but those are one or two things that, hey, listen, you can apply those anywhere, any capacity in life, have that willingness to influence others and have that willingness to connect with as many around you as possible. And I think that is just a, 
a fantastic sentiment. And in terms of, I always like to make people available in terms of just information on you or anywhere that people can maybe find out more about some of these initiatives that you guys are doing. So any information that you can share with us today? Yeah, so I'm easily accessible. Darrell.young at NFL.com. So if you have any questions, you let me know. But uh, the problem is I respond to all emails and LinkedIn. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. But my job, I'm a happy guy. You know, my mm-hmm. parents have been in my life. They, they've been married for 42 years. All I know is love. Mm-hmm. So all I know how to do is give out love. And I, I'm a caring person. And, um, you know, we have a lot of resources at the league office. Uh, NFL.com has some things. But, you know, the goal is just to humanize players to fans and mm-hmm. humanize them to themselves to know that, hey, we're human. We make mistakes. We're going to rebound from them. But we're also going to – we reach the pinnacle of sports. Mm-hmm. We've reached – you know, it, it's paramount that we get back to the communities that – make up where we come from, the ones that look like us, white, black, Spanish, whatever it may be, but uh, just being intentional about the approach. So NFL.com has resources. I have resources, (laughs) Um, whatever you want to do, follow the NFL handle, whatever it is. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I'm, I'm here to spread the love as well, man. And and that's what this show is all about. And I I cannot thank you enough for for your time because I know how busy a man you are. And Uh, At this point, I just, again, thank you so much. I look forward to continuing to follow all this work that you're doing there with the NFL. And uh, yeah, man, thanks again. I appreciate you for having me on. It's uh, good times. (laughs) (laughs) And my thanks again to Darrell for joining us on Career Competitor today. And as always, I'm going to finish with my Career Competitor keys to success, starting with my competitive call. And this week, it is awareness. Whether it was knowing where his future lied, how to get his foot in the door, or what he needs to do to perform at his optimal level, Darrell is incredibly aware of what he needs to know. Just like how he had to be aware of so many components within his team assignments as a football player, he has applied this instinctual trait into all areas of his life. I think we can sometimes be guilty of waiting to find out the next steps or what is expected of us, But if we were to all take a page out of Darrell's book, I think the ability to become more aware of what is expected and required of us to become successful would be a great asset to have. Next is my teachable takeaway. How prepared are you for the unexpected? Darrell put it perfectly when he said, you can prepare, but you are never ready. This is exactly what I am challenging you all to take time to think about. It would be great for everything to go exactly according to the playbook, but assignments, careers, and life for that matter will never always go to plan. You have to be prepared to find ways to adapt and overcome when things come your way you are not necessarily ready for. But I believe dealing with the unexpected comes from simply accepting anything can happen. That way, wouldn't you always be prepared? Finally is my motivational move. Win today. A short and simple piece of motivation, yes, but for this episode, no less powerful, let me assure you. In order to win the day, you must approach it knowing there is something you are measuring success by. Darrell said that some days a win is connecting with five guys, not contacting five guys, connecting. That requires investment on his part that he can feel great about once he has accomplished all five connections. We don't have to live our lives by some sort of measuring stick, always making sure we are surpassing a standard each and every day. But we have to have purpose. We must have a reason to hold ourselves accountable. 
Defining what a win will look like for you each and every day is an extremely healthy exercise. It will obviously provide purpose, but it will also give you a sense of accomplishment at the end of the day. A feeling that will allow you to take leave from the expectations of your career for that day, get some rest, and come back recharged and ready to go to win the following day. Thanks so much for sticking around and listening to my keys to success. I hope they helped you and I would love to hear from you in terms of what you took from the episode as well if you wanted to reach out and message me. But until next time, best of luck with everything you have going on within your career and I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon. Bye for now.